0: Section 20 of the Ingoldsby Legends, First Series. The Sleepervox recording is in the public domain. The Ingoldsby Legends, First Series by Richard Harris Bahrum. Section 20. Nicholas, citizen of the city of Pancras, was born of rich and holy kin, and his father was named Epiphanus, and his mother Johanna. He was born on a cold, frosty morning on the sixth of December upon which day his feast is still observed but in what anno domini is not so clear his baptismal register together with that of his friend and colleague st thomas at hill have been lost in the great fire of london st nicholas was a great patron of mariners and saving your presence of thieves also which honourable fraternity have long rejoiced in the appellation of his clerks cervante's story of sancho's detecting a sum of money in a swindler's walking-stick is merely the spanish version of a lay of st nicholas extant in choice italian a century before honest miguel was born a lay of st nicholas statum sacerdoti apparuit diabolus in specia puellae fulcretudinus mirai et ecce divus fide catholica, Et cruce et aqua benedicta armatus venit et aspersit aquam in nomine sanctae et individuae trinitatis quam quasi ardentum diabolus ne quaquam sustenere wallens ugitibus fugit roger hovenden lord abbot lord abbot i'd fain confess i am aweary and worn with woe Many a grief doth my heart oppress, And haunt me whithersoever I go. On bended knee spake the beautiful maid, Now lith and listen, Lord abbot, to me. Now nay, fair daughter, the Lord abbot said, Now nay, in sooth it may hardly be, There is mess Michael, and holy mess John, Sage penitoncers, I ween be they, And hard by doth dwell in St. Catharine's cell. Ambrose the anchorite old and grey oh i will have none of ambrose or john though sage penitencers i trow they be shrive me may none save the abbot alone now listen lord abbot i speak to thee nor think foul scorn though mitre adorn thy brow to listen to shrift of mine i am a maiden royally born and i come of old plantagenet's line though hither i stray in lowly array i am a damsel of high degree and the comte of O and the lord of pontou they serve my father on bended knee counts a many and dukes a few a suitoring came to my father's hall but the duke of lorraine with his large domain he pleased my father beyond them all dukes a many and counts a few i would have wedded right cheerfully but the Duke of Lorraine was uncommonly plain, And I vowed that he ne'er should my bridegroom be. So hither I fly in lowly guise, From their gilded domes, And their princely halls, Fain would I dwell in some holy cell, Or within some convent's peaceful walls. Then out and spake that proud lord abbot, Now rest thee, fair daughter, withouten fear, nor count nor duke but shall meet the rebuke of holy church And he seek thee here holy church denieth all search midst her sanctified ewes and her saintly rams and the wolves doth mock who would scathe her flock or especially worry her little pet lambs then lay fair daughter thy fears aside for here this day shalt thou dine with me now nay now nay the fair maiden cried in sooth lord abbot that scarce may be friends would whisper and foes would frown sith thou art a churchman of high degree and ill-moted match with thy fair renown that a wandering damsel dine with thee there is simon the deacon hath pulse in store with beans and lettuces fair to see his lenten fare now let me share i pray thee lord abbot in charity though simon the deacon hath pulse in store to our patron saint foul shame it were should way-worn guest with toil oppressed meet in his abbey such churlish fare there is peter the prior and francis the friar and roger the monk shall our convives be small scandal i ween shall then be seen they are a goodly company the abbot hath donned his mitre and ring, His rich dalmatic and mancible fine, And the choristers sing, as the lay-brothers bring, To the board a magnificent turkey and chine. The turkey and chine they are done to a nicety, Liver and gizzard and all are there, Ne'er mote lord abbot pronounce benedictity Over more luscious or delicate fare. But no pious stave, no potter or ave pronounced as he gazed on that maiden's face. She asked him for stuffing, she asked him for gravy, she asked him for gizzard, but not for grace. Yet gaily the Lord Abbot smiled and pressed, and the blood-red wine in the wine-cup filled, and he helped his guest to a bit of the breast, and he sent the drumsticks down to be grilled. There was no lack of old sherry's sack. Of hypocris fine or of Malmsey bright, and I, as he drained off his cup with a smack, he grew less pious and more polite. She pledged him once, and she pledged him twice, and she drank as lady ought not to drink, and he pressed her hand neath the table thrice, and he winked as abbot ought not to wink, and Peter the prior and Francis the Friar sat each with a napkin under his chin but roger the monk got excessively drunk so they put him to bed and they tucked him in the lay brothers gazed on each other amazed and simon the deacon with grief and surprise as he peeped through the keyhole could scarce fancy real the scene he beheld or believe his own eyes in his ear was ringing the lord abbot singing he could not distinguish the words very plain but twas all about coal and jolly old soul and fiddlers and punch and things quite as profane even porter paul at the sound of such revelin with fervour himself began to bless for he thought he must somehow have let the devil in and perhaps was not very much out in his guess the accusing buyers flew up to heaven's chancery blushing like scarlet with shame and concern the archangel took down his tale, and in answer he wept, see the works of the late Mr. Stern. Indeed it is said, a less taking both wherein, when after a lapse of a great many years, they booked uncle Toby five shillings for swearing, and blotted the fine out again with their tears. But St. Nicholas' agony, who may paint? His senses at first were well nigh gone, the beatified saint was ready to faint, when he saw in his abbey such sad goings on. For never, I ween, had such doings been seen there before from the time that most excellent prince, Earl Baldwin of Flanders and other commanders, had built and endowed it some centuries since. But hark, tis a sound from the outermost gate, a startling sound from a powerful blow, who knocks so late it is half after eight by the clock and the clock's five minutes too slow never perhaps had such loud double raps been heard in st nicholas abbey before all agreed it was shocking to keep people knocking but none seemed inclined to answer the door now a louder bang through the cloisters rang and the gate on its hinges wide open flew And all were aware of a palmer there, With his cockle-hat-staff and his sandal-shoe. Many a furrow and many a frown, By toil and time on his brow were traced, And his long loose gown was of ginger-brown, And his rosary dangled below his waist. Now seldom I ween is such costume seen, Except at a stage-play or masquerade. But who doth not know it was rather the go With pilgrims and saints in the second crusade? With noiseless stride did that palmer glide Across that oaken floor, And he made them all jump, he gave such a thump Against the refectory door. Wide open it flew, and plain to the view, The Lord Abbot they all mote see. In his hand was a cup, and he lifted it up, Here's the Pope's good health, with three. Rang in their ears three deafening cheers, José, José, José. And one of the party said, Go it, my hearty, When out spake that pilgrim grey. A boon, Lord Abbot, a boon, a boon, Worn is my foot, and empty my scrip, And nothing to speak of since yesterday noon, Of food, Lord Abbot, hath passed my lip. And I am come from a far country, And have visited many a holy shrine, And long have I trod the sacred sod, Where the saints do rest in Palestine, And thou art come from a far country, And if thou in Panem lands hast been, Now read me aright the most wonderful sight, Thou palmer gray, that thine eyes have seen. A read me aright the most wonderful sight, gray palmer that ever thine eyes did see and a manchet of bread and a good warm bed and a cup of the best shall thy guerdon be oh i have been east and i have been west and i have seen many a wonderful sight but never to me did it happen to see a wonder like that which i see this night to see a lord abbot in rochet and stole with prior and friar a strange marvell, or a jolly full bowl sitting cheek by joel and hobnobbing away with a devil from hell. He felt in his gown of ginger brown, and he pulled out a flask from beneath. It was rather tough work to get out the cork, but he did it at last with his teeth, or a pint and a quarter of holy water. He made a sacred sign, And he dashed the hole On the soi-disant daughter Of old Plantagenet's line. Oh, then did she reek, and squeak, and shriek, With a wild unearthly scream, And fizzled and hissed, And produced such a mist! They were all half choked by the steam, Her dove-like eyes turned to coals of fire, Her beautiful nose to a horrible snout her hands to paws with nasty great claws and her bosom went in and her tail came out on her chin there appeared a long nanny-goat's beard and her tusks and her teeth no man mote tell and her horns and her hoofs gave infallible proofs twas a frightful fiend from the nethermost hell the palmer threw down his ginger gown his hat and his cockle and plain to sight stood saint nicholas self and his shaven crown had a glow-worm halo of heavenly light the fiend made a grasp the abbot to clasp but saint nicholas lifted his holy toe and just in the nick let fly such a kick on his elderly namesake he made him let go and out of the window he flew like a shot for the foot flew up with a terrible whack, and caught the foul demon about the spot where his tail joins on to the small of his back. And he bounded away like a football at play, Till into the bottomless pit he fell slap, Knocking Mammon the meagre, or Percy Belpheger, And Lucifer into Beelzebub's lap. Oh, happy the slip from his succubine grip, That saved the Lord Abbot, though breathless with fright, In escaping he tumbled and fractured his hip, and his left leg was shorter thenceforth than his right. On the banks of the Rhine as he's stopping to dine, From a certain inn-window the traveller is shown, Most picturesque ruins the scene of these doings, Some miles up the river south of Cologne, And while sauerkraut she sells you the landlady tells you That there in those walls, now all roofless and bare, One Simon a deacon from a lean grew a sleek one on filling a ci-devant abbot's state chair. How a ci-devant abbot all clothed in drab butt, of texture the coarsest, hair shirt and no shoes. His mitre and ring and all that sort of thing, laid aside in yon cave lived a pious recluse. How he rose with the sun, limping dot and go one, to yon rill of the mountain in all sorts of weather where a prior and a friar who lived somewhat higher up the rock used to come and eat cresses together how a thirsty old codger the neighbours called roger with them drank cold water in lieu of old wine what its quality wanted he made up in quantity swigging as though he would empty the rhine and how as their bodily strength failed the mental man gained tenfold vigour and force in all four and how to the day of their death the old gentleman never attempted to kidnap them more and how when at length in the odour of sanctity all of them died without grief or complaint the monks of st nicholas said twas ridiculous not to suppose every one was a saint and how in the abbey no one was so shabby as not to say yearly four masses a-head, on the eve of that supper, and kick on the crupper which Satan received for the souls of the dead, how folks long held in reverence their relics and memories, how the seat of abbots obtained greater still, when some cripples on touching his fractured osphemeris threw down their crutches and danced a quadrille, and how abbot simon who turned out a prime one these words which grew into a proverb full soon or the late abbot's grotto stuck up as a motto who sups with the devil should have a long spoon end of section twenty